like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Chris Falillo is here today for Song of the Soul, and he's all about roots. Sometimes the music is called folk, sometimes it's known as Americana, but I think that what you'll most likely note is the rootedness of Chris and his songs. He's situated for a number of years in the land of Lincoln, Illinois, not in the sprawling city of Chicago, but in the rural area around Macomb, a couple hours from Abraham Lincoln's home site in Springfield. Fittingly, One of Chris's projects has been a one-man show called Abraham Lincoln in Song, but he's also done songs, albums, and shows on civil rights music, Stephen Foster, and Carl Sandburg, and much more. Chris also produces a monthly series bringing in lots of musical talent called Hickory Ridge Concerts. I'm sure you'll love his lyrics and melodies, especially as they are delivered with his rich assortment of guitars, each instrument with a voice of its own. Chris Valillo joins us today by phone from Macomb, Illinois. Chris, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Well, thank you, Mark. I'm very happy to be here. I'm sorry to have missed you. You were up in my neck of the woods in Wisconsin, even though you're from way down in Illinois. Could you talk about your visit up here? And I think you played some music with Yada, who I've had on this show before. Yes. I was asked to come up to do a performance at the Wide Spot Center for the Performing Arts by some friends of mine that were involved with that organization. And they hit upon the idea of combining a performance with Yada and a performance with myself based on the idea that we were both musicians that worked with the material of poets. In Yada's case, he, of course, takes poems and writes songs about them. In my case, I had recently done a one-man show where I combined the poetry of Carl Sandburg with my own original songs, so we just kind of felt this might be a good combination, and it it really did prove to be a wonderful combination. So we put together a, a string of dates, and I was actually up in western Wisconsin and eastern Minnesota for about 10 days altogether, and uh, did a mo- most of those shows with Yada, including the show with Eau Claire. And I have to say, it was a wonderful experience, both meeting the people in that area and uh, working with Yada. We seemed to click on a very quick level and very, very well. And we hope to be doing some more things together down the road. Well, I'm glad you got up there. I'm sorry I missed you. It was an opportunity. I heard about it too late when I had a conflict already. 
that you were going to be up this area, but that is what led me to track you down. Excellent. You mentioned what you had in common with Yada and poetry, and you seem to be a pretty poetically connected fellow as well as historically. One of the things that you're noted for, you did, you've done museum gigs about, I think, Stephen Foster, Carl Sandburg, and of course, the stuff that you've done about Abraham Lincoln. Were you a history major, a poetry major, or is this just a serious passion of yours? Well, interestingly enough, Mark, I didn't begin my career as a musician. I trained and was actually a professional archaeologist for about three years. It was an interesting career, but unfortunately, to have a real life as an archaeologist, it really meant I had to go back to college, get a PhD, and become a college professor. And I didn't want that. That was not what I wanted to do with it. I wanted to be the man in the field, and that really isn't where you can make a living. So at the ripe young age of 23 years old, I determined I had always loved music. I had been becoming more developed as a musician, and I was going to take a year off and see if I could pay the bills playing music. I was fortunate enough to scratch by for a year, and I've never had to go back to a, a paying job. Ultimately, though, that love of history and the past combined with my love of music, and it created a combination of programs, you know, like you talked about, where I use music as a vehicle to touch bases on historical themes. The Lincoln Show was one that was very successful. I used period music directly associated with Abraham Lincoln to kind of talk about his life and, and his times. The most recent one I've just been doing is a, a new show I, I put together called Songs of the Civil Rights Movement, where I'm you know, exploring those themes. And then I was able to do the Parallel Path show, which is the one about Carl Sandburg, which included my own original music combined with Carl Sandburg's poetry. So those are all just kind of vehicles to use music as this way to explore a range of topics. Well, we should get into some of that music right away, because you really do have this riches. So you've got six or maybe you've had seven recordings over your life. What would you like to start with for your Song of the Soul? Let's start off with a song that was one of the first ones I wrote. It's actually been re-recorded and is on my latest CD. The song is called Silhouette Against the Stars. And this was the first song I wrote that I really felt I had done right. And I've always tried to approach songwriting as an art form. To me, the words and the music combine to express the emotion or the story you're trying to tell. And it's one of those situations where the sum of the parts creates a greater whole. And this one was written about an old farmhouse I lived in at a time when the family farm was in a state of crisis. I captured this evening one night when they were harvesting the fields around the farmhouse I lived in, and, and the rest of this song just kind of spun out from that. It is Silhouette Against the Stars by Chris Valillo from his recording, The Last Day of Winter. Feel the frost on the ground See the afterglow of sunset settle down as it turns from dusk to dark on the prairie tonight By the giant trees in peeling shades of white The old farmhouse, it stands 
Silhouette against the stars On a chill November night Hear the howling of the hounds As they call across the fields And the combines rumbling down the rows The corn is in, it's time to count the yields By the strength of their hands Through the generations they have worked these lands From the fathers to the sons and on it goes Just as surely as the river flows And another harvest comes Silhouette against the stars On a chill November night Hear the howling of the hounds As they call across the fields And the combines rumbling down the rows The corn is in It's time to count the yields And the grain trucks roll by With their mounds of yellow corn piled high To the elevators and the fields they're bound And with every bump it showers to the ground Till the roads are lined with gold Silhouette against the stars on a chill November night Hear the howling of the hounds As they call across the fields And the combines rumbling down the rows The corn is in It's time to count the yields Now the fields lie in sleep Through the weary months of winter cold and deep Beneath the frozen waves of drifted snow Till the balmy winds of spring begin to blow And the cycle starts anew guest today for Song of the Soul. His website, uh, you can go to chrisvalillo.com if you know how to spell Valillo, but you can also find it by going via ginridge.com or follow the link from nordenspiritradio.org. Again, Silhouette Against the Stars. You said, Chris, that that was from back in the day, I think, when the family farm was on the edge, was endangered, as opposed to now? No, I think the family farm has gone under great stress. A lot of the family farms that existed when I first wrote that song are gone. But I think uh, many of the family farmers have managed to make the leap into into the new age and new technologies. 
I still see it as being threatened, but we had been really at the forefront of that crisis back when I wrote that song. Probably the mid-80s? Yes, probably about 1985, I'd say. Guitars. We should talk about you and guitars. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My wife and I have done this study, uh, trying to tame the financial budget. And one book that I read along the way called Your Money or Your Life, they referred to things that you would buy even when you already had more than you can possibly use. And they called them gazingas pins. I have the suspicion that for you, a guitar is a gazingas pin. Absolutely. I freely and publicly declare I have more guitars than one person should own. But to me, there is almost a spiritual connection to a musical instrument. And a friend and I have, as a matter of fact, a number of musicians that I've talked to say the same thing. Guitars have songs in them. Different instruments inspire different songs. They inspire different interpretations of the song. And I love old instruments because you get this sense of history they bring with you. You know, the the scratches on the face, the gouges on the fingerboard. You know, they, they bring to mind, you know, all the jam sessions, all the family get-togethers, you know, the box socials, the music that has come out of this instrument over the years and has been sort of the life force that kept people together in many ways. So I, I really do feel strong to uh, connection to, to instruments, especially old ones. So dare I ask, do you know how many guitars you own? Uh, no, I, I think it's somewhere in the range of 50. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, in my defense now, <laughs> let me be fair. At least half of those are not playable. I've taken to restoring instruments initially as a hobby and then as a fallback position for the time when I simply can't get out on the road much. I love to buy old broken instruments and fix them up and make them playable. And that's actually evolved into an aspect of what I do. So, for instance, the last CD that I just put out, uh, The Last Day of Winter, there are 16 different vintage instruments on that recording out of the collection that I did. And I really tried to use the instruments as a palette and and combine the right tone and the right texture to the right song and create this musical soundscape using this collection of instruments. Many of them were fairly cheap, you know, and not high quality at all, but they have a unique tone that's just perfect for a given song. And the, the trick is to find that instrument and that song and put them together. You know, I don't want to call you a liar, but I do want to show you that I'm paying attention. You said you'd used 16 different vintage instruments on the latest CD you put out. And on your website, it says that you use 17 different vintage instruments. Did you lose one? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I lose track, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> so guilty as charged, yes. <laughs> I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm actually trying to value the riches that you bring to us. And I do know what you mean, the spiritual connection with music and with an instrument. I, I myself am not a musician although I've been blessed with a lot of music in my life, and Song of the Soul is one of the ways that I do that. Do you want to share some more of your music for today's Song of the Soul? Yes, yes, indeed. How about we jump to The Walnut Sill? And I'll tell you the story about this song. 
1986, since I had been an archaeologist, I got hired to do what's called music collecting. And it was through the Illinois Arts Council and the Library of Congress. And my job was to get a tape recorder and find the oldest people still alive in 1986 living in rural West Central Illinois and interview them about music the way they had grown up hearing it before it was recorded music, before there was radio and television. It really opened up my mind to a lot of this older music. And it really inspired me in many, many different ways. But one of the ways that it did was that some of the people I interviewed began to show up in the songs that I was writing. And this song was written about a man named Homer Biedenbender, who was an old blacksmith, of all things, and a farmer. But he was also a fiddle player. And I interviewed him when he was about 96 years old. And he was the last of the old-style fiddle players in West Central Illinois. And I went to visit him one rainy afternoon, and he took me out to this tin shed right on US-24. That was his blacksmith shop, and he started to tell me stories about the old days and how he had uh, learned how to play fiddle on a borrowed instrument around 1930. But when he had to return it, he didn't have any money to buy one of his own. So uh, he just decided that if he could teach himself how to play the fiddle, well, he, by God, could figure out how to make one. And uh, he made this walnut fiddle out of a a walnut tree that he had sawn himself, and he told me the story of, of how he built this fiddle, and about 10 days after I interviewed him, I got the word that he passed away. And so I remembered his story, and I wrote him this song, The Walnut Fiddle. His old fiddle's made of walnut from a tree down by the road that must have stood 100 years Planted by my great-grandfather long ago When he first settled on this farm Sheltered it from harm Last of three he set out all together in a row Reaching up into the heavens Like a hand outstretched to God It stood the years On the bitter tears Hanging down across the highway Folks would pass and brush those branches And scatter nuts Those old Model A cars would crush And every autumn some old weathered man Would gather them up Ah, but then one day the prairie sky turned dark in me And soon the wind began to scream and howl We hid beneath the staircase as the thunder shook the ground When it passed that ancient tree was down And I saw the boards carved the body Shaved this neck and turned these tuning pegs by hand No, it ain't grand Pull that bow across the strings You'll hear the tones of cool, clear streams And whippoorwills in a rolling hill A hundred years of winter snow and summer rain Thank you. 
much to look at It's just an old black fiddle sitting there With strings of rust All caked with rosin dust But if you need to remember Who you are, where you come from Just pick up that bow She'll let you know She'll sing of open prairie skies and old days And simpler ways This old fiddle's made of walnut From a tree must have stood 100 years Chris Villillo is our guest here today. That is from his CD, Best of All Possible Worlds, Walnut Fiddle, uh, about Homer Biedenbender and his experience making a, a fiddle out of a tree that his great-grandfather planted, I guess, right? That's what it says in the song, in any case, yeah. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. You're so steeped in culture there. It, it does seem to me that you've really found a way to keep your archaeology experience and your education connected with music. Did you actually have training in music all the way up? Uh, when did you first connect with music? I never remember a time that I didn't want to play guitar. Uh, that was always a deep passion. First, as a child, just to be able to play songs with my friends. But then, you know, over the years, as music became a big part of culture in the 1960s, I was attracted to it. Uh, of course, growing up in the 1960s, my parents were not very supportive of the idea of me playing music. They were concerned about the negative impacts <laughs> of... Uh, Can you say understatement? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in their defense, they were right. Uh, <laughs> But it remained a passion, and I finally got them to buy me a guitar. But I'm basically self-taught. I've had little or no formal training. I knew the same five or six guitar chords everybody else knew until I got to college. And then I met some friends. I went to college in Prescott, Arizona. And some of the folks that I went to school with had come from Los Angeles and had hung around McCabe's, which is a wonderful music shop and venue. And these guys were good players. And they had seen people like Doc Watson and Mississippi John Hurt and all of these, you know, up-and-coming folk and bluegrass acts in the 1970s. So that was where I began to, to really experience good acoustic music, which has always been my passion. So I began to pick up a lick here, learn a little bit, and gradually got to the point where I got fairly good at it. So when I graduated and became an archaeologist, that was the point where I just I did take about six months of guitar lessons there from an electric guitar player, but I really got serious about it and, and read it and played it a lot and began to write and such. Ultimately, it was just a question of uh, when I just decided I just wasn't happy doing archaeology and I wanted to try music, it became a situation where I just continued to learn by myself. And there really is a lot of beautiful guitar in all of your songs that I've heard. Let's share another one. Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's shift gears a little bit. One of the things that I have developed over the years is a style of playing bottleneck slide guitar. And I love this. I'm really getting more and more into it. And again, being self-taught, I probably do everything wrong. But I do this thing where I finger behind the bottle to make minor chords and such. 
And this next song I was thinking of doing is called The Last Day of Winter, and there's a fair amount of that in it. And it's actually performed on a very unusual instrument. It's a nine-string parlor guitar, where the first three strings are doubled like a 12-string, and the bottom three are, are regular. I can tell you a little bit more about that at a, a later point where we can throw it on as an add-on or not worry about it. But this song was written trying to capture that feeling of that end of winter when you're just so desperate to see spring come and you're just waiting and you can see the snow, ice melting and such. And very emotional piece. The Last Day of Winter, Chris Valillo. Thank you. 
title track of Chris Valillo's CD, The Last Day of Winter, and obviously instrumental with some beautiful bottleneck slide guitar going on there. You know, when you said, Chris, that you obviously you do it wrong because you're self-taught so much. Yes. Isn't that what made Jimi Hendrix and others, right? You know, let's string the guitar backwards from the way people do it because I'm left-handed and, and so on. Isn't that a sign of greatness? Well, I don't know if it's a sign of greatness, but I do think that if you do something incorrect and follow your own particular style with it, you develop your own style. John Hartford was always one of my musical heroes. And he, in one of his songs, he makes this comment about our style is is the combination of all of our mistakes put together, uh, or something to those words. And and that really resonated with me. Hmm, I thought that was jazz. <laughs> That's also jazz. Well, I used to use a throwaway line on stage. Uh, if I would make a mistake, I would simply keep playing. And I've mentioned now, you know, when you make a mistake in the middle of the song, you just go back and play it the same way again. And now it's not a mistake, it's a variation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So last day of winter, you're near southern Illinois, and I'm up here halfway up Wisconsin. So I I tend to think of people down where you are as having warm weather compared to what I get. (laughs) Are are you indigenous to that area of Illinois? No, actually, I was quite nomadic growing up. My dad was a civil engineer and always worked as a project superintendent on a variety of sites. So I moved all around the Midwest when I was a kid, never staying any place more than about, oh, three or four years. As a matter of fact, I'm the only one in my family that went to just one high school. I ended up in, in West Central Illinois because I graduated with my degree in archaeology and was hired by Western Illinois University to do uh, archaeology for the college. And I just fell in love with the region. There was this sense of timelessness about it and this small-town sensibility that was still very much alive in 1976 when I first came here in western Illinois. Many of the small towns still felt like it was the 1940s. It just really connected to me in a way that surprised me, quite frankly. And it also resonated with me in an artistic sense. I think it's it's almost become a muse uh, in a certain sense to what I do. I want to remind our listeners that you're tuned in to Song of the Soul. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production. We're on the web at northernspiritradio.org. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, your host. On that site, you'll find almost 10 years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests. So when you want to find Chris Valillo, you can just type in chrisvalillo.com if you know how to spell that. You can type in ginridge.com. Or you can just follow the link from NorthernSpiritRadio.org. We also have a place for comments, and we do love two-way communication. So post a comment when you visit. There's a place to donate. Click the support button. And when you do, you make this possible. But even before that, I want to encourage you to support your local community radio station. Start there with your hands, with your pockets. Support local community radio because they provide a slice of music and of news that you get just nowhere else. It's a treasure trove of music and news that really is exceptional. So start by supporting local community radio stations. Chris Bolillo again is here today from West Central Illinois. I want to go right on to another song of yours, Chris, because I don't want to miss a chance to share even one of those that you've planned to share. What's up next? 
Well, if I can jump in before we do that, I just want to echo what you just said about community radio. As an independent artist, this is the one place where I can go and have the kind of conversation you and I are having. And it is a treasure trove to the audience, but it is also a treasure trove to independent artists. It's the one place we can have our voice heard. So thank you so much for that. And I want to thank all of the places that carry this program across the nation, all the people who do the work, the devoted work, really, of community radio. So your next song, Chris. Okay. Let's do a song called The Dance. It's a title cut from a CD I released in 2005. And this particular song was very important to me because I actually wrote it at a time when I was I was heading towards getting married. I was dating a woman. But the complicating factor was that she had a five-year-old daughter. And if you've ever been involved in that situation or know someone that has, you probably know that you're not courting one woman. You're courting two women. (laughs) (laughs) And in my particular case, the tougher sell was the younger woman. And we just did this on-again, off-again thing. I kind of refer to it as our little dance that we were doing, where one day I would be her buddy, and I'd be sitting on the floor playing with her. And in the middle of it, she'd just stop and turn at me, and she'd say, you go away. You're trying to steal my mama. And it was very confusing, emotionally, for the both of us, I'm sure. So I actually wrote this song as a way to sort of sort through this in-progress relationship. And the the title comes from the fact that we used to do this thing where she'd step on my feet and then we would dance. And uh, we called that the foot dance. So I kind of used that analogy to play into this song, the dance. In three quarters time, let's get waltzing with Chris Valillo and the dance. Peeks from the top of the stair Pulls back her head and pretends I'm not there And I call out, I can't find her anywhere Though I can When I'm not looking she sneaks up behind Breaks out and giggles the five-year-old kind And she stands with her shoes right on top of mine takes my hand and we dance and we fly spinning round and round she and I to some gossamer melody only the two of us hear and we sway and we sway Moving close, then pulling away Like a moth to the flame We're attracted but scared to go near Sometimes we two are the bestest of friends She tells me her secrets, takes hold of my head But there's always this place where the curtain descends without me I could I would bring her the moon But you know I can't promise her something too soon Not when you and I can't seem to get a tune If we're to be 
So we dance and we fly Spinning round and round she and I Some gossamer melody Only the two of us here And we swing and we sway Moving close then pulling away Like a moth to the flame We're attracted but scared to go near An intricate, delicate ballet of rhythm and rhyme She's playing my heartstrings in three-quarter time Sometimes it's confusing, the line's all a blur Is it her needing me or am I needing her? So we stumble along Feeling insecure, trying to see Are you my daddy? She asks while we play No, I'm mama's boyfriend is all that I say But I'm thinking if everything works out okay I may be So we dance and we fly Spinning round and round she and I Some gossamer melody Only the two of us here And we swing and we sway Moving close then pulling away Like a moth to the flame We're attracted but scared to go Sweet song, Chris. That is The Dance by Chris Valillo. It's from its title track of CD, The Dance, one of five uh, CDs that you can get full of Chris's music. If you just go to ginridge.com or chrisvalillo.com or come by org. And a beautiful story. I actually do. I do connect with it, although my situation is a little bit different. My second wife, I brought my son with me to it, and she had four sons of her own, so we've got that mixed family. So, yeah, I know about that dance. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and it's, a, it's a fine line. You've got to walk, and yet it is one of the great things that you'll do in your life. I became a father late in life and couldn't conceive of the joy it brought until I had the experience. It is, it has been one of the best things I could ever have hoped for. Yes, I echo that same comment. So how did your relationship with this five-year-old waltzer go? <laughs> it actually ended up going very well. At one point, we held off getting married for a number of years, simply because we were unsure of how Emily would react. That was her name. 
So we finally just decided we're going to get married. She'll deal with it. And we, we kept the ceremony very small, had it in a friend's house. As soon as the ceremony was over, I made some comment to her using the nickname she gave me, which was the ants, because I would chase her into the tub with my fingers and tell her the ants would get in her pants. And she turned around and snarls at me, and she says, No, it's Dad, and I'm your daughter. And from that <laughs> moment on, I was her personal possession. But she wasn't going to let me know until the ink was signed. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, well, you can go through a lot of heartache, connecting and disconnecting, being left behind. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that she found someone who was worthy of the title. Yeah. We are very near the end of our time, Chris, so I'd like you to share just one more song. How can we conclude your song of the soul? Well, I'll tell you what I'd like to do now. I want to do another song from the last CD, The Last Day of Winter. And this was a song called Letty's Song. It was written at a time, you know, I'm no longer in my 20s, as you and I discussed earlier. I just turned 60. And I'm looking at life through a different set of lenses, looking back a little bit more, taking stock of things a little differently, if you will. And this song was written to a friend of mine who had just passed away. I had actually been writing him a letter about the time when he and I worked together in the 80s. I performed at his club. And it was a very small music venue where you didn't have to play cover songs. They wanted to hear your songs. They wanted you to do what was your passion. And it was part of my starving artist days, but it was that first place where it began to click. And he had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. It was inoperable, but he had contacted me and and reestablished connection prior to his passing away. And I had been writing him a letter while I was out on a tour. And at the end of the tour, I was performing for a barn raising. And there was a young girl in the audience, and uh, she was paying uncommonly close attention to what I was singing, and I noticed she was actually singing my own songs with me, which is very uncommon. And when I took a break, she came up and introduced herself, and it was Craig's daughter. And she told me that he had passed away unexpectedly, but it had been a peaceful passing. That night when I went home, the letter that I had been writing to Craig evolved into this song, Letty's Song. I met your girl today You would be proud of her She acts a lot like you Though just a bit demure You would have loved this day Watching the timbers rise The hundred-year-old barn Against cerulean sky I never made too much When I would play your place Still I could sing my songs And figure out the pace After we'd shut her down We'd talk away the night I'd crash out on your couch To the glow of the wood stove light Bitter winds pouring in 
Strong coffee in the morning pounding through my veins. It was a world apart, a place of last retreat, old spooks and the ghost of Grant. Hand in hand walking down the street Hey, I went back last year You wouldn't know the place It's a big time tourist town Not one old familiar face Remember Willie Bear That drunk old crazy sock He passed out and he froze to death In the town the time forgot we were so hungry then Living life like a travelogue Flying low through the rolling hills In the early morning fog Appaloosa's galloping The granite-studded fields Clive Brixen on the tape deck To my humming wheels Last time I played for you But now she's all grown up A woman in full bloom You would be proud of her There's a lot of you I see As she lights another cigarette And she sings my songs with me What a gem, Letty song. It's from Chris Vololo's latest CD, The Last Day of Winter. What a beautiful story, Chris. That, that's quite a story. And to actually, you say in the song about at her wedding, sharing music there? Yes. I actually was able to perform this song at her wedding. We didn't do it at the service. We did it at the reception. But I performed at the wedding service itself. 
And in keeping with my tradition of way too many cool old instruments, I had a an old Weizenborn slide guitar, and I arranged a bottleneck slide version of the Wedding March on the Weizenborn and played it as she walked down the aisle. <laughs> How wonderfully sweet. It's great to continue that connection with people through music. And speaking of connections, I did mean to ask you earlier on, but uh, let's do it now before we hang up. Religious spiritual influences. I, it's very clear to me that probably your number one religion is guitars. But did <laughs> you want to mention any other influences in your life? Yes. I was born and raised Catholic and practiced Catholicism all the way up until the time I went to college, at which point it became more difficult because I, I went to a college 10 miles outside of town, out in the Chaparral Desert. Eventually, I sort of strayed away from that, but I've always felt a very strong spiritual connection. And particularly as some of the more primitive groups in the, of the world did it, studying archaeology and such, I gained a great respect for the perspective of Native Americans and a lot of the more primitive cultures where there's a deep spirituality and less of an organized formal religion. I really kind of resonated on that level. And to me, it has always been a big part of the music that I do. There is some sort of a spiritual connection between finding a, a story and telling that story to someone else and using music as its vehicle to do it. So I guess I still retain that. If anything, I feel more strongly about it. And I do go to church from time to time, but to me, I don't limit the spirituality to a structured church. To me, spirituality is a way of life and how you interact with the world, how you connect with the land, and how you present yourself and live your life. I do kind of figure, though, that to be spiritual in the Midwest, to be connected and rooted in the land, almost means to be a combination of Native American and Catholic and Lutheran. I mean, that's kind of yeah. grassroots. <laughs> yeah, there's an awful lot of all of those things. Yeah, but I do feel that having some strong sense of spiritual and moral direction has allowed me to walk through the various fires that I've walked through in my life and allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and my head clear enough that I'm still here and still able to do something that I hope is of worth. It's a wonderful gift that you've brought us today, Chris. Again, we've been with Chris Valillo. You'll find him on the web at chrisvalillo.com or ginridge.com. They'll get you to the same place. Just follow the link via nordenspiritradio.org. Five CDs out there plus uh, a collection that you've put together. You seem to have done quite a bit of helping other people with put their music into the world, both the radio series you've done and the way that you go around and share on music of Carl Sandburg and... Abraham Lincoln, everything, it's just such riches that you're sharing with the world. I appreciate that you do that for Illinois and the rest of the country and for bringing it here today for Song of the Soul. Hey, it's been my pleasure. This has been a very, very enjoyable experience for me, and I want to thank you so much for having me. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. 
And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song.